Have you ever heard the expression, there's no there there? Well, let's ask the question, is there there there? That's our podcast from the full-service digital storytelling agency, Graphic Machine. I'm Matt Staub. I'm a partner here at Graphic Machine, here with the other two partners of Graphic Machine, Brian Jones. Hello. (laughs) And Patience Jones. Hello. Hello. This week is episode 66, the Creative Review Edition, Volume 1. We're doing something a little bit different. We're going to take one, two, three, a few creative campaigns that we've seen and we're going to take a look at them deconstruct them and in our personal educated opinions determine if they were successful in their creative execution this week we have two for you the first one airbnb's belong anywhere campaign let's start by playing the audio from the video ad and of course we'll post the video link on our show page graphmachine.com slash ittt that link will be at the end of the show as well don't have to write it down now and you can watch it there but here is the ad that goes with that is mankind. Are we good? Go see. Go look through their windows so you can understand their views. Sit at their tables so you can share their tastes. Sleep in their beds so you may know their dreams. Go see and find out just how kind the he's and she's of this mankind are. PJ, this one was one that you found. This ad has inspired some creative spinoffs, first of all. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. The creative spinoffs, which we will also post on the website, there are two that were highlighted in Ad Age. One of them has different audio. So we'll play that audio for you now. Is man kind? Are we good? No. We are Creepy, like this man. He left pubic hair in your bed. He found your panties and tried them on. He watched porn in your kitchen. And that rash he has, you'll have it by next week. It doesn't matter what kind you are. The second one has the same audio, but set to very different visuals, namely a scene from Stanley Kubrick's movie, The Shining. It's a must-see. The original campaign, to me, is incredibly overwrought. It has this feeling of, you know, we're about to announce that we've cured cancer and all races get along. And then it's like, no, go stay in someone's house because you want to see how they live which I don't think is also really the reason that people use Airbnb. But the spinoff campaigns, 
I love, highly watchable, really, really great, and good job agencies. It reminds me of a few years ago, the artist Moby created an album called Hotel around the whole notion of sanitizing the room and leaving no trace of any other human life inside that room prior to your arrival. Airbnb's model is definitely trying to flip that on its head. It feels like an overcompensation for people's maybe negative reasons why they wouldn't use the service. So it's interesting you guys take that sort of objection, aversion, mitigation approach to it. It resonates with me because it is what's different about Airbnb from a positive side that you're more of truly experiencing the native life when you stay in these places. And I think there is a subset of people that do use Airbnb for that reason, that it's more of an immersive experience. And so there is a sort of humanity and connection aspect to the brand value, this idea of belong anywhere. But I definitely agree with both of you that it's really overwrought. It's really fun. You connect with people and it's not scary, but this sort of like changing the world, curing cancer thing, it does, first of all, invite parody. Second of all, it makes them seem a little bit too big for their britches that they're trying to take a little bit too much credit. Do you think that this is part of the play though? They had their kerfuffle over their logo and that blew up for them. They got a ton of press coverage. It was everywhere for three or four news cycles. And here we are again. I can't tell if this is evil genius or if it's just maybe not swift planning. I can't tell. I don't know. I would be surprised if it was intentionally evil genius. If retroactively it's revised as evil genius because this is what happened, that I see. But I get the sense that this was a very straightforwardly sincere attempt at taking what people see as a potential negative and instead of going in the other direction, which would be like embracing the negative, kind of making fun of it and saying, you know, but it's not that bad or it's not happening or here's what's really happening. They just took it to the level of space exploration. (laughs) It was, it did feel like that. The differentiation resonates with me, but you have to sort of arrive on that larger humanity connection, shared experience thing yourself. You can't have it shoved down your throat with orchestral music, it's automatically overwrought. You have to tease it. It just didn't leave anything for the audience to take the last mile with. You don't have a sense of ownership when they do that. I think the ad is geared almost exclusively to people who would be staying in places, not people who would be listing their places on Airbnb. Maybe they just have enough of those people and so it doesn't matter, but that ad would not inspire me to list my place on Airbnb. Because I think if I'm listing my place on Airbnb, I probably either I'm not going to be there and I want some income or I'm happy to meet people who come through. I don't know that I would be so psyched about lay in my bed so you can dream my dreams, etc. That's like more of a commitment. That's level jumping. I think there's a hospitality aspect to some hosts and like a good campaign, it does extend onto their website. It's front and center. And if you do go in there, it says, learn more about hosting on Airbnb and show your guests they're right where they belong. So they are extending the belong anywhere idea to that. To your point, there may be more utilitarian, just purely transactional hosts for which this is overwrought. And I think you absolutely should be a good host. You can be a good host without having somebody crawl into your life and inhabit your thoughts and all that other stuff that seems to be encouraged. I have some great stories from that. I mean, I stayed in one of the co-founders of Airbnb's Airbnb in San Francisco when I went to Dreamforce last year. 
I went upstairs and had beers on the roof and met the locals. And that's kind of a romantic travel experience. I mean, that is part of the product they're selling, but they're also selling utilitarian a place to stay. I do wonder though, they did launch their kind of business traveler play. If this just represents a divergence in messaging Mm. between those two things. You would think, because as you'll see when you watch the video online, the only human character that we see in this video is a small white baby. Here's this baby wandering around this house, going to the front door. Who's this baby? Do you have to take care of the kid when you stay in this house? Is this your host? What's happening here? Why are you letting him go to the door in a diaper? If not this positioning, how would you guys hone this differently? If it was our creative execution, I like the direction personally. For me, I just think you have to leave a little bit more for the imagination of the consumer and intro the concept. And I think they do a good job on the website. The background of the hero belong anywhere is just someone arriving at an Airbnb and being warmly greeted at the door or people attempting to communicate in different languages, sort of these idealistic connection type things. But how do you do better with the creative or change the concept directly if it's you guys trying to communicate what you think their key differentiation is? I think for me, it is the kind of campaign that I would expect from a Hilton, not from Airbnb. And I'd mean that in the worst possible way. (laughs) It is the kind of overwrought, highly polished thing that I think doesn't get at the core of who they are. And I would rather see them do something a little bit more fun and playful and get to the fact that it's slightly idiosyncratic. You have unique experiences around the country and focus on that and focus on the variety of things that you could see. In Spinal Tap terms, this has gone to 11. And I think (laughs) it needs to come back down to maybe like six or seven. The theme, the message can be conveyed maybe in things like you have people capture on their phones actual experiences that they're having when they meet their hosts or when they're all hanging out together drinking beers. You're going to have to put some music to it that's like Mumford and Sons-esque and it's going to be very upbeat and that's what it's going to be. It's like, where's your next friend set? Where's your next party coming from? You go here, maybe you try new food and you meet these people and you hang out and you see this place that you've never been to. But that's way more casual than the weight of the world is on your shoulders when you walk in through someone's door. Yeah, with slightly less overwrought dialogue and the visuals that are on their website that extend the campaign, I think it's so much better. Because that kind of stuff of just like meeting people, being hosted, sharing a meal, that's the story. And just this baby visual and the orchestral, (laughs) like it it is, it's just too far. And Angela Bassett. Like, as if it wasn't serious enough, right? Yeah. Well, before we take that too far, let's jump to our other campaign that we're going to talk about, which is Nike's Better For It campaign, which is targeted towards women. And the reason this one came up really on our radar is they're doing a lot of guerrilla extensions to this campaign. And we're seeing it to the extent of chalk paintings on our sidewalks in our neighborhood and along our running trails, billboards. So there's a lot of in-market activation for this. We'll play the ad that really kicked off the Better For It campaign. Here's the audio from that one. Yes, middle seat's open. They look so non-judgmental. I don't trust that. No shame in running half a half marathon. Two miles? Oh, good. A bunch of models right in front of me. Okay, yoga. Changed my life. And focus on something else. Why are there so many mirrors? Don't mind me over here with my little baby weights, baby arms. What am I even doing? This is actually weirdly motivating. 
I love running. It's really fun. Exercise reduces stress. Steady. I got this. Ugh. I can't. Almost there. I can't. Breathe. I can't. I did it. Let's go again. So Better For It is obviously a departure from Just Do It. It's more of a self-conscious, reserved, and I guess acknowledging that everyone has their insecurities. But is this stereotyping? Is this reality? Is this proper targeting? What do you think, PJ? I think, yes, it's stereotyping. Not all stereotyping is bad or leads to necessarily bad conclusions. But this one kind of irritated me because it's premised on the idea that women are weak fundamentally and that they are not going to take it upon themselves to do anything challenging unless there's a giant multinational corporation cheering them on. It played on all of the things that make up the dialogue of romantic comedies. Like, oh, I go to the gym and I'm so nervous. And it involved a lot of women-on-women violence. Oh, look at those models. They're so skinny. Oh, look at that woman. She can lift more. That's not the direction that anything needs to be going in. Though those are really feelings and thoughts that people are having every day, right? Well, lots of people have those thoughts and feelings, including men. When you reinforce, oh, of course you don't want to be at the gym on the bike because there are skinny girls there. That's stupid. Yeah, I think that's a great point. The fact that that's not unique to women. This is a campaign for women that's focusing on insecurity. I definitely hear the stereotype aspect of it. I think for me, it hit me a little differently. And I thought it was interesting that for a brand that has largely felt larger than life for almost my entire life, it felt the most human that I've seen mm, them be in a while. Yeah. And I was surprised. It actually had a sense of humor, which I've never seen them have before in a, a very subtle way but That's like true. It, i wish the team behind this had done the airbnb ad <laughs> because i think it would have been more on point yeah i don't love the trafficking of the commentary that you talked about patients but i do think that it got more to the idea that people don't necessarily like working out and this was just the focus on women who don't like to work out and what are the barriers to that maybe it's not about winning a marathon or these lofty goals but just getting up and being active. And I thought that was kind of net positive. I think you're right. And I think that if the campaign included both genders or if there was a parallel backslash men campaign that focused on the same messaging, Mm. wouldn't be such a problem. When you said, you know, they're talking about people who have a hard time. They're not. They're talking about women, exclusively about women, as if this isn't a problem for men. And the men campaign would be probably even worse and off-putting because if it played up to insecurities in men and like machoism, that would just get really ugly. So they've Mm -hmm. almost gone in the only territory they can hope to go and they push it a little bit, I agree. To your point about the human aspect, the first time we saw this, I think, was their Super Bowl ad with the overweight kid running down the highway. For the first time, it's not like Nike shoes on these star athletes and all this inaccessibility. It's flawed people who aren't quite sure what they're doing use our products to improve themselves and they're hashtag better for it. So I like that aspect and I think it it works. The flaws in the people, to the extent that there are any in the commercial, are implied to be that they're not as strong as they would like. They don't work out as often as they'd like from a body mass index perspective, <laughs> they're all I know, they're well, all beautiful. they're all yeah. fit. They're all gorgeous. Yeah. They're all like, I don't think there's anybody in there that's older than 30. They did get some ethnic diversity. So good on them. But 
eh. It's showing some progress, but I agree that they need to get out of their comfort zone even further and really embrace the idea that they could be a real brand and people might actually love them even more for it. They've put up billboards throughout Kansas City in addition to the sidewalk stuff promoting what I still don't know. I I think they're supposed to be a race or something because one of the billboards says, women, barbecue your thighs, thighs, arms, and and legs. Yuck. Okay, so now we're just flat out comparing women to meat, and that's cool. Is there no other way to talk about this? They've done it in a lot of different ways, and I actually want to touch on that from the gorilla aspect and the in-market campaign more specifically, because does it feel really carpetbaggery to you guys? Somewhere in an office, they're like, well, Kansas City is known for barbecue. There's another one that says, rise from the bottoms to the heights. So it's reference to the West Bottoms neighborhood and perhaps Pendleton Heights, which they probably don't realize that most Kansas Cityans don't know the names of some of those neighborhoods. Does it feel inauthentic to make barbecue references and neighbor references and drop them in market? Or is that better than not doing that custom? I absolutely think it's great. I welcome all the companies that want to come and do this. It's a sign of arrival in a lot of ways for Casey. I love the messiness of it. I love the idea that it is personalized and that it feels like this large corporate conglomerate that is a multinational beast managed to find a way to customize its promotional campaign directly to a market. Pretty cool. I agree with that. I do think when you're the giant company, if you're going to go into a new market, that is a really nice way to do it. And maybe the things that you pick up on are not the things that the natives would necessarily pick on or are the most common things, but you're trying in that respect, A for effort. What you see too in larger markets is that all ad campaigns are that way. And they all feel a little bit inauthentic, slightly, which is fine because that's just me and my hyper focus on, do they really know the city like I do? And of Of course they don't, but it shows awareness and context. I actually think it means something much better, the fact that that was even on the radar. The only thing that really, honestly, is the painting of the sidewalks kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. That takes it a little bit to the questionable legality aspect of things. And Oh my God, I love that. painting your sidewalk. <laughs> I actually like it, but the slippery slope aspect, like if everyone started painting ads oh, for national companies. If only. Well, <laughs> if Brian gets his dystopian way. Brian, give, me, you, give me painted signs on walls, construction sites with billboard signs. I think that's like, a Broadway song of yeah, some sort. We're going to launch our Gorilla Graffiti arm of Graphic Machine. Yes, Look for please. that in the Banksy, coming days. Banksy, if you're yeah. listening, come yes. and do something here. We have an open Thank position you. for you. Yes. Let us know if you agree. Watch the ads on our show page, graphicmachine.com slash ITTT, and let us know if you agree with the impressions. Check out the website's extension. The Nike extension actually is nike.com slash women. And it doesn't really link to the campaign very clearly. It just kind of shows women and products, which I thought was interesting. So much better online integration for Airbnb. But let us know what you thought of those two. While you do that, we're going to go to the next section of the show. That's out there's and there there's. Out there's things that we found out there or you shared with us that we will share with you. There there's things that didn't go great. Brian, let's start with you this week with your out there or there. My out there is a map of the world as the economies are represented in it. So basically, they took a globe and they divided up the globe into the percentage of the economy and how much each country represents to it as a whole. What I love about this is the idea of taking information and breaking it down into a really understandable way. And it has some surprises on it, such as the fact that Russia is only about 3% of the global economy, which is is pretty surprising. You look at the way that sometimes things become 
a huge part of the news cycle, and then you look at their economic impact. One place might be way more important in the global sense, but it gets less press time. In terms of the size of the economy? Right. Like, for instance, Greece represents 0.55% of the global economy. Yeah, it it was the contagion that made Greece such an issue, because they could have toppled all of Europe, which would have been big. It is interesting, too, to see China's role on that map, and it will be very interesting to look at how different that is. I love an idea like this as it becomes an animation and shows change. Over time, to your point, Matt, yep. about the morphing of those shapes and how much they represent. Whose growth is squeezing mm-hmm. whose share and such. Exactly. So, of course, you can That's check out cool. that graphic on our show page, which you'll hear more about. We've said the show page like so many times. So much good <laughs> stuff on the show page this week. You just can't miss out. That's right. <laughs> PJ, what will you be putting on the show page this week? What I will be putting on the show page is a there there to Stephen Hawking which probably sounds absurd because he's a fantastically brilliant, amazing scientist, and I am not. But... What? Spoiler alert. About a year ago, I think, Stephen Hawking was quoted as saying that while it is extremely likely that there is extraterrestrial life in our universe, we should not, under any circumstances, go looking for it. Because the probability that that life is intellectually superior to us is significant. His position is kind of like, look, we should lay low because we don't have anything to offer anybody. And as soon as they know that we're here, they're going to come and colonize us. They're going to take all of our resources. They're going to destroy us because they're going to be superior. Sounds like my dating strategy. (laughs) Colonize? (laughs) No, just lay lay low. (laughs) So that was his position a year ago. This week, he has announced that he is supporting an initiative funded by a Russian investor to pursue exploration of alien life, that we should be putting all of this effort and energy into it. And his only explanation that he's given for why he's reversed his position is that there's better technology available today than there was last year when he said this. $100 million. (laughs) Yes. And that now we can look for things like a hundred times faster than we were able to before. And we're all human and it's our human nature to explore. Well, here's the thing, Stephen Hawking, either you were lying then or you're lying now. So I don't think that you do a complete 180 on your position just because it's occurred to you that we're all human. Well, is he lying or is he just changing his opinion? Both are just editorial, right? It's not like... Well, I think if you're Stephen Hawking, you probably don't change your opinion on a whim. And you probably don't change it because you're like, "Mm, we all have human parts. Let's go look for some aliens. So you just basically think he got bought out and has no principles. I think he either got bought out or there's something else that has changed his mind. I feel like if what you're going to do is say oh, don't go looking for something because it's going to colonize us and destroy the planet. Then you decide, yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and do that. Well, that's all well and good. Thanks a lot, Stephen Hawking. If I'm to believe you, we're now at the mercy of some extraterrestrial overlord and you're going to go on your merry way with your $100 million. PJ, I wish you had strong feelings about something. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it. I don't even know how to react to this. I live passionately. I feel like I'm owed more by Stephen Hawking, frankly. Apparently. I I do. I kind of agree with him in his old view. I don't know. I mean, to what end? I don't know what we do when we find something. It's so hard to make a value judgment on something so incredibly abstract and improbable of like, how do you know how much to invest in something like this? I can't do the ROI on this one. (laughs) Well, and he kind of alluded to that too. He's not saying like, well, this is never going to work, but the chances of us actually finding something so remote if we do, they will probably view us like we view bacteria. But by all means, let's go ahead and Why pursue that. Why is that any more likely? 
I mean, there's definitely value in the pursuit that drives us to technology. It's kind of like the big justification for all the military spending is it drives innovation and that's for the sake of it. But we'll see what happens. So when we find the aliens, uh, are they going to take us over? I don't know, but I will put Stephen Hawking out there first and foremost to be taken over <laughs> if they do come because, geez. Well, while patience is in a mood, I have a <laughs> out there just for her. Last week, there were robots that demonstrated self-awareness taking us one step closer to Patience's heralded... Oh my God, this is the worst ...robot day. apocalypse. Ugh. If we can't hope to compete with the aliens, maybe the robots can hope to. There was a test of three robots. They were lined up. They were basically given a test where they had to identify which one of them was muted. So they were all given a virtual muting pill, which rendered them unable to speak. So they muted two, left one able to speak, then asked them all, which one of you guys have the muting pill? They all attempt to say, I don't know, because at the onset of that, at the time that that question is asked, they don't know. So the robot that isn't muted says, I don't know. Then in about 10 seconds later says, wait, I'm sorry, I know now. Given the new information of hearing its own voice, realizes it's not mute. Then it opened up a machine gun that it had. And killed everyone in the room. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know now I did not have the pill because it knew it heard itself speak. So it actually used newly collected information from its own communication to reach a conclusion with updated information. That's awesome. It's terrifying. It's it is so not awesome. awesome. It's horrible. It's the stuff of nightmares. Oh, it's so good. And to what end? At some point, that robot is going to realize, oh, I'm locked in a room with really stupid human beings. This is completely unfair. I'm going to break out. And I'm going to take over because that's the right And then you just order. disconnect the battery and you have another cocktail. Because they're going to be able to operate without batteries. They're going to be able to... <laughs> a lot of advancement. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and to what end? I love the pace of technological innovation in Patience's it's dystopian mind. It's very fast. Yes. Me and Ray Bradbury. I we wish. all agree. There was a hotel that just opened this last week in Japan where it was totally run by robots. How can anyone sleep in that hotel? Yet another reason to stay at Airbnb. See, that would be a good campaign. <laughs> belong anywhere. <laughs> there aren't robots. Not run by robots. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for our show. <laughs> for the wealth of things we talked about today, you can check out the show page, graphicmachine.com slash ITTT. You'll have links to or embeds of all the videos and campaigns we talked about and amazing robots. You can check out our Twitter accounts at Graphic Machine is our agency at their podcast is our show. For each show, there is a Facebook thread. This would be a great one for you to come check out to tell us what you think of these campaigns. Those are all at facebook.com slash Graphic Machine Inc. And send us an email with your future ideas or thoughts or just to say hi. We'd love to hear from you. ITTT at graphicmachine.com. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.